ladies and gentlemen. It's looking like a really good weekend for your boy. Cross the tracks coming through. Arrested Development. Cannot wait. Going to visit an exhibition as well. It's going to be a really good weekend. Can't not wait. And then it was Public Gaming's Chuck D. Really nice. Network. I am Charlie Taylor and this is What's Good. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've all had a good week in the circumstances. Um, so yeah, I completed some work, so to speak. <laughs> um, whacked out like just a hell of a hell of work uh, in the past uh, kind of like 15 days, skip more, more or less. Um, been, you know, just proper grinding on it. Um, but yeah, um, looking forward now to the uh, upcoming just weekend. It's really looking good. Um, like I said, hitting up across the tracks uh, for the second, for, well, for the second time now. Um, visited last year, obviously, and uh, yeah, check. Got, remember getting some good pictures for it. And I really plan to just get some more uh, really substantive um, photos as well, and also just peeps are really good fucking shit like there's so many artists there that i haven't seen live yet and i'm really gonna be checking off a lot of wants off my list um i might just uh fight i might just like look it up and look up the look up the uh the, the what's the word uh look up the lineup and just see what happens um literally just got emailed um the ticket itself uh a couple hours beforehand uh before i recorded and uh yeah just um yeah it's, it's there man it's, it's looking good it's looking good it's looking creamy boys looking creamy i would have i honestly i would have loved to have made uh, made a week a whole weekend of it and uh here are project six as well um but yeah i didn't uh didn't uh go for that um but you know cross the tracks is fine too right it's just it's fine on the same so i'm seeing no worries and some pack and knowledge First time I'm seeing those guys, Masego I'm seeing first time live, Ezra Collective, uh, Khalees, uh, Alpha Mist, who I have seen a few times now, um, Roy Ez, who, who's on his farewell tour, um, and I saw him last year across the track, so it's going to be really cool to just see that, to say I saw him twice, on top of the fact that I've seen him once. Um, there's some others, Children of Zeus I've seen before, um, Live with the dot .e, uh, Yasmin Lacey, Silhouette Project, who I saw a few weeks ago. Emma V, really can't wait to see her live. Addy Oasis as well, great, one of the best albums this year. Uh, she dropped Charisse, Chelsea Carmichael. Uh, yeah, there's just um, there's, there's a few more. I think Wesley Joseph is coming through now, so I might give him a look. Um, obviously, you know, I won't, might not be able to see, you know, all of these lot um, for, you know, sake of just time but um you never know you never know oh just i just saw rose windross is going to be there <laughs> oh there you go see see i'll, I'll see there already but that'll be kind of cool just to see see what i go on on that front um but yeah man it's just plenty of plenty of good music this uh this uh on sunday it's gonna be really really looking forward to it and uh, i'm also seeing rest of development um on saturday uh for their matinee show jazz cafe really gonna look forward to that gonna another you know, just artist group, I guess, in this case, that uh, um, I get to check off, and uh, especially people every day, really want to hear that live, and I can't wait. Um, depending on how I wake up on Saturday, I might hit London early, um, hit up Shoreditch, go to Raven Row again. Um, I talked about the uh, June Giovanni, Giovanni uh, Pan-African Cinema Archive um, that's happening at Raven Row, I talked about that a few weeks ago, and uh, I might I might give that a go. Might might uh, see if I have uh, if I can wake up a little bit earlier and just uh, hit that up before before I hit up um, Jazz Cafe. Um, so I might make a make a whole day of it. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, regardless of that, it's going to be good. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I'm just really looking forward to the weekend, man. Just really looking forward to it. Um, it's the first weekend. <coughs> I've been really just um holed up in my room for the past two weeks. Um. In, in uh, for for most of the time, and um, yeah, it's just gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice to just like be out 
all day for two days. Um, I was really uh, thinking about um, hitting up just like, you know, just get a room for a couple of days, um, but I don't have to pay for <laughs> I do not have the scratch for that. I probably should have thought about that earlier, um, you know, probably a few months uh, beforehand. So I should have probably put some thought into that, but we live and we learn. Um, but yeah, what's a couple of... Um, <coughs> Lost a couple of train rides, eh? Um, but anyway, we have a show to do. Um, so let's get into it. We have uh, two politics and music in a society. Um, and uh, yeah, let's jump right in. But before we do that, formalities for you again. Email, social media, um, socials, writing, all that in the full show notes, as well as music and podcasts under the 5 EPN. And when I said that the music, that the beat drop, there we go. Let's get into the show. In a week where NFL player, actor and activist Jim Brown dies aged 87, um, been hearing really good um, takes, um, just commentary on Jim Brown as a person, um, really just, yeah, not, 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 not great in a lot of ways, um, you know, just with the domestic, a ton of domestic abuse and, uh, you know, just a general abuse to women um, he did over the years um, and, you know, questionable um, ideology um, but you know that's not for me to cover um, here because no, not enough time for that. Uh, a study uh, by One Earth concludes that fossil fuel firms owe two hundred and nine billion dollars a year in climate reparations. Can't wait to receive that. That's gonna happen. There's literally, um, I think there's like a, a an oil cleanup that needs to happen somewhere in the world, and literally just nobody's just going like, I won't pay for it. I won't pay for it. I won't pay for it. These governments need to, like, the sooner these governments crack down on these fuckers, on the likes of Shell, like, you need to, on on the likes of BP, crack the fuck down on these fuckers. These people are running fucking roughshod over all of us. It's crazy. Um, Italy's uh, Mount Etna uh, erupts. Uh, Carmelo Antone announces his retirement. And lastly, the Tories have now been in power longer than quote-unquote new Labour. Love it. I love it when governments are just in power for decades uh, at a time and uh, just keep just keep fucking failing um, no matter what. I love it. Um, shout out to Suella Braverman who um, may or may not be fired over, what was it, like a parking fine or a speeding fine? Love it. I love it. Just, yeah, she should be fired over that. Well, she she should have been fired ages ago. That's the that's the thing, isn't it? It's funny. It's just, I love... Oh. Speaking of politics, let's jump right into that, shall we? <sighs> Fucking Jesus Christ. Um, So, this one is about the recent uh, National Conservatism Conference, which isn't the Conservative Party Conference, which happens um, later in the year, um, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, this is the National Conservatism Conference, which is a much different thing. I've had um, plenty of nut jobs um, sp- speak at these conferences, and uh, I feel like it's something that isn't really talked about um, much. You know, it get it garners headlines now and again from you know just either the people that talk there or what the person says. Um, but this one was really covered a lot in the past, like a week or so. And uh, this is a good, um, I guess, primer for what's to come in some ways. Um, so this is uh, via Navarra Media by Moya Lothian McLean. And it's called, We Should Be Very, Very Worried About National Conservatism. Can't wait. Let's jump in. Uh, a curious meeting of minds wrapped up yesterday. The less gracious might call it a shower of cunts. <laughs> oh, I love this woman so much. She's just... She's one of my favourite writers, I can't even lie, she's so witty. Uh, I refer, of course, to the National Conservative Conference, uh, which touched down in central London to welcome everyone from neoconservative read avowed racist who thinks diversity nearly crashed US economy, Douglas Murray, to the UK Home Secretary, Swella Braverman. There you go. Uh, Nice little segue I did. Inadvertently. From the jump, the rhetoric seeping out of the conference was unabashed. On Tuesday, Braverman, a privately educated barrister, delivered a speech decrying elites and political correctness, taking specific aim at trans women 
and immigrants. Speaking at the NatCon Evening Gala, Murray dismissed comparisons between natural conservatism and the Nazis. Oh, because, you know, you, you know you're doing well when you have to do that. When you have to play 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 D. <laughs> when you have to play D on, on, on that, on uh, being accused of being a Nazi. Um, yeah, you, you're doing well. Um, we're not Nazis, I swear. Outstanding. Asking why other countries had to decry nationalism just because Germany quote-unquote mucked up twice. He concluded his speech with a call for majority rights to take precedence once more. Subtle it was not. Elsewhere, far-right conspiracy theories please, uh, please to protect uh, quote, normative heterosexual cis family unquote, and anti-Semitic attack lines uh, found an airing. The Guardian asked in a piece clearly run through the legal department and back again, why quote, terms linked to anti-Semitism, unquote, were on such naked display. The answer seems too obvious to bother outlining. Some have argued that NatCon is a marginal fringe festival of little note. This seems overly optimistic. National conservatism, as this crop of adherents defines it, has seen its profile and influence rise in the last few years. As journalist Sam Bright points out in 2020, a backbench Tory MP was publicly reprimanded by the party for attending the Rome chapter of NatCom alongside far-right figures. This year, Tory MPs, ministers and big hitters were the star attractions, attending both in their capacities and as government officials and with the full backing of the Prime Minister. The fingerprints of those with vested, with a vested interest in national conservatism are all over recent government policy announcements, whether it's the crusade against sex and relationship education spearheaded by Miriam Cates, who blamed falling birth rates on cultural Marxism in that con speech. Of course she did. Uh, of course you did. What is cultural Marxism? Seriously, I know we, we can I can do that for everything they say. Like, what is this? And watch them just go... Uh, 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 just it's, it's too easy, right? But seriously, where the fuck did cultural Marxism... What the fuck does that even mean? Ay ay, where do they get this shit? Anyway... See, this is this is why I'd love to. I'd love. I don't. I don't know if I have the minerals to do man on the street shit, but I would love to do man on the street shit sometimes. Just for, uh, I'd like to try it just once, just to go to something like NatCon and just, just you know, in good faith, ask these questions. What is cultural Marxism? Just, just stuff like that, and just watch, watch what happens. I would love to do that. Um, just, just once. I don't know if I'd do it for a career because. Yeah, uh, not not. Um, I don't. I don't know if I have the minerals for it, but um, yeah, it's interesting. Hopefully, someone does it someday. I don't know. Blame it on blame it on my fandom for the uh, for the Daily Show and stuff like that. Um, anyway, what was that? Knack uh, on speech or increasingly draconian border controls that are so wacky. A floating prison, anyone? <laughs> floating prison. Okay, didn't know that existed. Um, <laughs> as a discourse, they would be laughable if real people weren't suffering as a result. Even NatCon speakers who position themselves as more moderate faces, such as housing and uh, such as Michael Gove, uh, gave legitimacy to national conservatism, uh, newfound place within the mainstream right, simply by making an appearance. The creep of such ideologies into accepted Tory thought, he said, was a sign of hate healthy movements. Quote, one of the arguments that sometimes may- made is that after 13 years in power, the time has come to dispense with the conservatives because there's a lack of ideas, there's a lack of intellectual energy, there's a sense of exhaustion, he told delegates. I completely disagree. I think what we've seen at different points is the Conservative Party, as it always has, adapting to change circumstances. <sighs> Lots to unpack in that quote, but I'm going to continue. Such adaptation envisages... In, uh, I hate that word, envisages. Envisages um, such a, a world full of divided na- nation-states where religion, specifically Christianity, the mere mention of Islam in such quarters causes heads to explode has a leading role in state governance. Cultural and political favour is lavished on traditional family setups and school children all trill God save the king before the day's lessons begin. That Gove, a canny operator who has served in cabinets under five successive prime ministers since being appointed education secretary in 2010, sees national conservatism as one way the wind is blowing is concerning to say the least. Then there's a wider context. The Tories will likely find themselves shunted into opposition at the next election. A new leader will be chosen, as will a fresh ideological position from which to batter the new government. While the cultural wars that have such appeal for certain Tory factions don't yet curry the same enthusiasm, 
with the wider public, it, this doesn't seem to matter to those beating National Conservatism's drum, who are convinced they know exactly what Red Wall voters want. This is despite bearing a suspiciously close resemblance to the elites they have so much ire for. An open democracy reporter who evaded NatCon's press ban found delegates overwhelmingly skewed young, male and white and were hailed from the most prestigious and expensive educational institutions in the Western world. It's undeniable that this vein of conservatism and those sympathetic to it currently has momentum. The Edmund Burke Foundation, the organisation and money behind NatCon, has only gained traction and mainstream legitimacy since it was founded in 2019. And while the far-right messages that national conservatism, conservatism parrots may be worryingly familiar, this particular articulation of them is, is new. Gove may be wrong in characterising the engine-powering national conservatism as intellectual, but there is an energy here, an advantage when it comes to the struggle over what politics dominates the parliamentary Tory party. The expulsion of Tory moderates from the party's inner circle began under Boris Johnson, of course, but its fruits are only ripening now, while some of the new injection of 2019 hard right MPs may find themselves out in the cold after the next election. At the moment, they're dominating conversation, even from the so-called fringes. To be loud and wrong is a powerful combination in British politics, as it is in the media framework which props up the whole sorry apparatus. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the national I hope national conservatism dissipates with little but a whimper. But it's feated. That's how you say it, feated. I'm going up because it smells like fetus. I'm feated. Feated populism, divide and prosper messaging, and promises of returning to a mythical, traditional bygone Britain may gain may gain ground when other parties offer little more than soft conservatism as an answer to the ills uh, plaguing the nation. There's a gulf begging to be filled by bright ideas and bold new policy. But as we've seen, as we've seen across the West in recent years, if that isn't forthcoming. The far right is always waiting in the wings. Yeah, I feel, I feel, um, I do wonder. I do wonder what the what the Kate, what the um, the response is ideologically that conservatives are going to do, because um, after, especially after next year's election, in I think it's October, um, well, late twenty twenty four, let's just say that. Um, I do, I do wonder that because clearly this, uh, this, 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 I don't know what you want to call it, this move to the, to more to the right that the conservatives have been doing over the past few years, probably like, you know, after Theresa May, um, is an obvious thing to them, right? They, that has, has to be, they have to notice it. They have to notice the fact that there's not many you know, moderate talking points to do anymore. Now it's just like hardline authoritarian, uh, kick all immigrants out no matter fucking what, like regardless if they have papers, regardless if they have um, the right, um, the the rights, the general rights, the, the rights to do so, the rights to seek asylum, breaking international law. They do not give a fuck anymore, right? And that's left a vacuum for obviously Labour to become Tory light, as, a, as, I, as, as that drum I keep banging. But I do wonder what happens to the Tories afterwards. Like after the Labour, most likely, never say never, because I can imagine Labour bottling it um, somehow from some bullshit that the media is going to cook, take and run with. Um, I do wonder what's, what the Tories are going to do afterwards. Are they just going to go further more to the right? Or are they going to go or, or try and leapfrog Labour and go more left? I highly doubt that's going to happen. So I do wonder what, because they have to move somewhere, because they've left a vacuum. They've left a vacuum in that centre right position where they used to be, um, and now Labour is just firmly just placing itself in there, not really having any um, left contingent anymore, um, or, or they do, and they just have them sitting in the corner um, at, at Jeremy Corbyn. Um, I mean, he's not Labour MP anymore, but you know what I mean. Uh, but it's, it's just, I do wonder. I do wonder, and maybe this is a maybe this is a harbinger. Maybe this National Conservative Conservatism Conference and everything around it, the people that visit and the people that um, have made speeches around it, um, maybe that's just the harbinger of things. Maybe that's just them 
teeing up what's going to happen. That this get you, you hear this shit. You hear this shit. This is in the words of Cat Williams. This shit hit. This shit right here. This shit right here is nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. So I can imagine that. Um, yeah, fingers crossed it doesn't. But I mean, I, I don't rely on the Tories for anything. <laughs> so whatever they fucking do, I'm gonna probably not support them anyway. So get fucked. While we're here, let's do the other politics segment, and uh, this is about the the smallest of W's, the smallest of W's that I got recently. Smallest, small, small, small. Not 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 enough to you know smoke a pack to it. You know what I mean? Uh, nothing like that. No no put him in the coffin moment. But it's it's getting there. I'm 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 so glad. I'm so glad. I knew I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I want to. Yeah, let me go a little bit, right? Because you can go back. You can go back. How many ever episodes? Um, that I've been doing. I mean, probably since I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Probably since like um, the first year of doing what's good. I have been consistently on the wagon that the exit was bullshit and the exit was bad. And my easy logic is very easy. It's easy to it's easy to run with. Okay, just if you haven't heard it, this is literally it. This is all I. This is all I meant. This is all I meant when uh, none of this Ramoning stuff. Like, I don't. I don't consider it that. This is just the simple logic I had when it came to vote and leave or vote and remain. Okay, here it is. My reasoning, just to be in remain, was that at that time and still now, and it's kind of evident, right? And this is the this is the evidence. I'm you know <laughs> the past however fucking many years it's been now since 2016. My logic was we had we have enough on our plate. That's it. We have enough on our plate. Think back to 2016. What was happening? Um, there was obviously the NHS, which is getting worse and worse. Um, there was um, quote unquote knife crime, um, policing, worse. Everything seems to be worse, and I chalk a lot of that, especially economy-wise. I chalk that up to the exit. But, of all people, Nigel Farage has come through and has openly admitted it. He openly admitted it. So, let's jump right into this article as I tee this up. It's by The Guardian uh, by Jonathan Friedland. Uh, it's called, They're openly saying it. The exit has failed. But what comes next may be very dark indeed. So, let's, let's see what he said. It lasts no more than a second. But it is a moment for the ages. Interviewed on BBC Newsnight on Monday, Nigel Farage made a confession that, by rights, should end the debate that has split this country down the middle for much of the last decade. A month ahead of the 7th anniversary of the 2016 vote that took Britain out of the European Union, Farage said three words of striking simplicity and truth. The exit has failed. You can watch the clip over and over, for it is something to behold. Here is the arch uh, Exeter himself, I don't say the, for, for those who don't know, I don't say the B word, um, I, I just don't um, himself, the man who dedicated his life to the cause of rupture from the EU, admitting it has been a disaster of course, as we shall, as we shall see he and his fellow Exeters do not blame that failure on the idea itself, but the, it's the admission that counts, it offers grounds for modest celebration now, at last, the contours of an emerging national consensus are visible, as Remainers and Leavers alike can join an agreement that this thing has not worked, and yet it comes at a price, one that also became darkly visible this week. Start with the facts that even Farage can no longer duck. During the referendum campaign, he and his allies promised that the exit would be a boon for the UK economy, unshackling it from Brussels' red tape and releasing it into a roaring future. Seven years on, we can see a reality a country in the grip of a cost of living crisis that means millions can no longer afford what they once regarded as the basics. Britain is becoming poorer and falling behind its peers. Ours is now forecast to be one of the worst performing economies in the world, not merely 7th in the G7, but 20th in the G20, behind even a Russia under toughening international sanctions, according to the IMF. 
The consequences of being poorer are seen and felt everywhere. Reddit's in the three million food parcels delivered by food banks last year. The family who can't get a mental health appointment for a troubled child or in courts that are jammed and backlogged for years. For a while, the exiteers, uh, exiters could blame all our woes on anything but the exit, COVID or Ukraine. But there's no hiding place now. This week came a warning that post-exit trading agreements with the EU threaten the very existence of the entire UK automotive industry, which employs some 800,000 people. Ford, Jaguar, Land Rover and the owners of Vauxhall called on the government to renegotiate the exit deal. Such demands are getting louder. Next month, a thousand businesses along businesses. I don't know if I said, it sounded like I said businesses. <laughs> Oh yo, my 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 syntax just takes a takes a fucking nosedive some days. Businesses, <laughs> businesses, alongside representatives of farming and fishing, will gather in Birmingham for the Trade Unlock Conference. Called to discuss a post-exit landscape, most say has made commercial life infinitely harder and more bureaucratic. "Quote: Business is beginning to find its voice," one organizer tells me. But it's not just the economic numbers. Remember, Farage and the others argued that a, that a hit to GDP would be worth it, so long as the exit fulfilled its other promises. Most cherish among them a reduction in the number of immigrants to the UK. Yet if you were among those persuaded against the evidence to see immigration as a cost rather than a benefit to the, to the country, the exit has failed on even that measure. Immigration has gone up, not down, since we left the EU, with one analysis suggesting net annual migration figures published next week could see a rise to 700,000 or even a million. Turns out Britain needs migrants, but now they have to come from far away, rather than in reciprocal movement between us and our nearest neighbours. Given all this, what are the exiters to do? Some still deny reality altogether, insisting that we should disbelieve the evidence of our own eyes. The rest admit that the exit has failed and then face one of two options. Either they can atone for their role in visiting this calamity upon the nation and move to correct it, or they can blame others for not doing it right. I want to pin that. I want to st- stop there for a minute. Just for a quick minute. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like people that openly lied um, to the public on all of this shit, um, I don't think they should have a chance to... Um, <laughs> to move to correct it, they shouldn't be here. They should be in jail, okay, for comp- for lying to the public about a major event in politic, in policy. Are you fucking mad? Why should they get the ability? They, they should have the ability to move to correct it. We clearly can't fucking trust them. They lied. They should be in jail. I'm sorry. Like if you if you if you do this, you should be in fucking jail. There is nothing worse. And I know you can say all politicians are liars, right? And yeah, sure, you know. But we can be binary about it. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean, okay? This is, there's, there's being asked a question, um, you know, just during like a, uh, a town hall or whatever and they're just like you know yes or no question this is and this and go well, you know, obviously our country is this, isn't it? Like that's not, that's just politicking, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about them saying on a bus that the NHS would get 300 mil um, a fucking, what was it, a week or a month or something? 300 mil, whatever. Never happened. Lies. Lied. Lied. They lied. They L-I-E-D. They should be in jail. They should have no opportunity to correct it. Get fucked on that front. Get fucked. Get put under the jail, you fuckers. What are you, what are you on about? That's more damaging than murder. Is that more damaging than murder? I think it is because a lot of people have died from food poverty. So what are we doing? And if we can make that connection, then they should be in jail. Simple. Anyway, uh, it's, it's getting to uh, it's getting to manifesto territory. Anyway, <clears throat> on news note, Farage made, made the latter choice. Yes, it was true that Britain had quote unquote not actually benefited from the exit economically, but that was but that was because useless politicians had mismanaged this totally, of course. Um, it's the manoeuvre, because, you know, if, if your Arge is in charge, then, you know, everything will be, you know, um, running through daisies, of course. It's the manoeuvre perfected in earlier era, earlier era by Western communists, confronted by the brute realities of the Soviet Union. Nothing wrong with the communist idea they insisted, it just hadn't been implemented properly. 
but that logic is tricky for the exiters because it is they who have been who have been in charge. The exit deal was signed, sealed, and pushed through Parliament by one of their own, Boris Johnson, and a conviction uh, exiter is in Downer Street now in the form of Rishi Sunak. So there has to be someone else to blame, other shadowy forces who betrayed the cause. Some point to Sunak himself, aided by Kemi Badnock, who this month halted and pl- the planned shredding of thousands of EU tainted recognitions. For others, it's the blob or the Ramona elite made up of the civil service, the BBC universities, the unions, anyone who, along with desperate refugees and small boats, can be blamed for standing between Britain and the promised exit nirvana. This is hardly a new dynamic. Nationalism, with its impossible promise of a perfect future, always has to have a traitor to blame for perfection's delayed arrival. That is the process we are witnessing now, the steady nurturing of a stab-in-the-back myth for the exit. Uh, history suggests that this hunt for the uh, wielder of the treacherous dagger will only get nastier, which is why many were rightly alarmed by this week's gathering in the name of national conservatism. See how I linked them both? There you go. Big W. Where the writer Douglas Murray declared that nationalism need no longer hide its face just because the Germans had mucked up in the last century. What a, what a still just a what a quote. I've said it twice, but what a quote. Absolutely outstanding. A novel way to describe the murderous record of national socialism. Uh, <coughs> Nazis, Nazis. That's what they're talking about. Nazis. Uh, that conference was a three-day search for those who whose betrayal could be blamed for the failure of the exit project. The quest will intensify. As damage is as damage caused by the exit piles up, the worse the enemy economy gets, the higher interest rates rise, the tighter incomes are squeezed, the louder and more vitriolic the attacks on the supposed true culprits will have to be, if only to quieten the obvious thought, namely that is the exit itself that is to blame. It means those who oppose this madness from the start now have two reasons to break the understandable, still bizarre omerta on the exit that prevails in Westminster. The first is the need to point to the source of our national ailing. If the patient is losing blood, you cannot keep ignoring the wounds where he shot himself in both feet. And that's literally the that's literally the analogy I kept using during that time. Literally just shooting ourselves in the foot. That's literally what we're doing. Well fine, tis but a flesh wound in the in the words of Monty Python. <sighs> yeah, less obvious, no, but less no but no less urgent is the need to acknowledge that the exit's failure is injecting a new toxin into the system, one that will spread the more apparent that failure becomes, and spread faster if we refuse to name its actual cause. And, you know, who are we going to trust to to make, to champion this? To champion this um, shining of a light on these people? Not, ain't, fuck, it ain't going to be the Tories. It ain't going to be Tory light. Ain't gonna be the media. So who 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 is it? Who's gonna do it? Because if them lot are not gonna do it, and we're too and we're too just collectively weak to um to to continually call it out, and someone has to win the next election, and I don't think we're all gonna vote green, are we? So <laughs> not even green, but you know, just anybody else, anybody but Tory or Labour, um. That ain't gonna happen. So, what is it just gonna fester? Probably, I can imagine. And um, yeah, this is it, this is why this is why I have um, just like a mild a mild anarchy streak sometimes because what what who who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna police this? Who who's gonna police this? Honestly, real question. Because these lot ain't gonna do it. These ain't gonna do it. And obviously. A significant percentage of the pe- of people voted for this anyway, so they're not gonna they're not gonna say like, oh, <laughs> a few million people ain't gonna shout to the rooftops, we were wrong. <laughs> ah, we did it. Um, we're sorry. We're so wrong. We're so wrong, and we want it to be reversed. Um, maybe after 10 years of this, who knows, but, um, yeah, the, the, the toxic, the, the new toxin that Friedland's talking about will be long seeped in, so, uh, yeah, just sit back and enjoy the ride at this point. Okay, so... Let's move on to um, the music segment, and this is all about fake features, um, because, you know, 
we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when Timberland showed his ass, and uh, he's recently uh, elucidated on the plan that he has, which is basically to just um, uh, be be the front man for um, using dead people's voices, um, which is a great great heel to die on. I'm really going to enjoy how that work how that works out. Um, but yeah. It's obviously a reality at this point, and it has been for years, by the way. Um, this, we have had, um, you know, long reads and, uh, you know, just general music journalism pieces about the concept of fake features and stuff like that, and AI-generated vocals. Um, but this is a good place to begin in terms of just, um, I guess, uh, starting a dialogue on it, I guess. Let's just say that. Um, so this is by Danny, Ve- Danny Vegans uh, via Tracklib. Um, it's called Fake Features. Is there a way to legally use AI-generated vocals in music? So, since this is a thing, might as well just see how it can actually work. Savages was released as a try and experiment and experience, explains uh, Alt-A, with two L's and two T's, uh, MC Mr. J. Mideros. Uh, it's not monetized, and it's not officially out, dot, dot, dot. We felt it was important enough of an experience to share outside the secrets Uh, of our own studio. The motivation to put it out was to enter this discussion on AI happening now from a musical perspective. For the beat, Alt-A producer 20SYL 20SYL? 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 I don't know. uh, Looped a wish to a star by composer Willis Schaefer, taken from the Cavendish Archive Library catalogue on Tracklib. Quote, I was trying to recreate my late 90s production style for this track, which was originally intended for a documentary soundtrack, says 20 Sul. Back in the 90s, I used a lot of movie soundtrack uh, from Italian and French composers with orchestral arrangements. When I heard wish, A Wish to a Star, the section I looped grabbed my attention because it had the nostalgic atmosphere and texture that I was looking for. I used my old MPC 2000XL to sequence the drums combined with a sample in Logic Pro, and I recorded the bass line on my Fender Precision, unquote. The AI-generated Jay-Z was ad- added to Savages two years ago, with a text-to-speech site called Uberduck. You can listen to this, by the way, it's on, it's on, the, uh, it's on the article uh, via YouTube, so give it a spin, um, if you haven't heard it before, because it's very interesting. Uh, text beats I call Uberduck. Um, the, the AI voice synthesis offers an option modelled after famous rappers. Quote, there were a lot of rapper options, but Jay-Z seemed to work best, possibly given that Jay-Z and I <laughs> do you share a similar tone or cadence at times, says Mr. Jamie Deros. Frankly, the models in that period were not very good, as it was so new but not clean enough to pass by the trained ear. It felt like sampling for the first time again, or taking drum machines and sample uh, time lengths to new levels by creatively tweaking its official means, unquote. But unlike the real Jay-Z, who is rumoured to record verses in one take, working with the fake Jay-Z wasn't easy. Uh, another quote by Medeiros, it took a month at least to get the verse to sound right, between 20 sil, uh, engineering the vocals over and over again, and tricking the AI to say the words correctly through misspellings and different sounds and vowels, we changed a lot of the text to get the AI to say the words correctly. We exported a lot of the verses, one or two lines at a time, until the flow and wording were good enough, unquote. Interesting. Uh, the online debate about savages really took off once YouTuber Marquez Brownlee, an engineer and longtime Jay-Z collaborator guru, young guru, shared savages on his Instagram, saying, quote, I've been trying to tell everyone that this is where we are now with AI. On one hand, I'm well aware you can't stop technology. On the other hand, we have to protect the rights of the artists. Not only uh, not only artists, but uh, but everyone in society. People should not be able to take your name, image, and likeness without permission. We have to add the voice to this law. Unquote. Younger refers to the legislation of the right of publicity to control the commercial value of one's name, image, likeness, signature, and other personal traits, which already includes the voice. Unlike creative works that are protected by copyright law, someone's identity isn't a quote-unquote creative work. But that doesn't mean it's not protected. Similarly to copyright, personal identity is also protected from freely used, uh, freely being used uh, commercially without consent. Especially in the case of celebrities, although actual laws and limits to the right of publicity uh, differ per country and even per US state. Even with the fast-paced developments in generative AI, the ethics and legal issues around mimicking someone's voice are not new. This even goes back in decades, goes back decades, 
1988, actress and singer Bette Midler filed and won a lawsuit against Ford Motor Company and advertising agency Young and Rubicam, who used 10 sound-alikes for an ad campaign. A voice is as distinctive and personal as a face, the appeals court ruled, when a distinctive voice of a professional singer is widely known and is deliberately imitated in order to sell a product, the sellers have appropriated what is not theirs. A more recent case involves Rick and Morty voice actor Jess Harnell, uh, whose metal mashup cover of Journey's Don't Stop Believing was so spot on that Steve Perry, the lead singer of the band Journey, thought they had sampled his voice without permission. Perry won the case after the judge ruled the song was misleading to the public. After a deep uh, deep fake collab between Drake and The Weeknd called Heart on My Sleeve service on DSPs last week, the shit really hit the fan. The song made by a mysterious entity named Ghostwriter went uh, went viral within a few days' time before UMG, Universal, uh, went all out war mode and had the music taken down on all platforms. Quote, Platforms have fundamental legal and ethical responsibility to prevent the use of their services in ways that harm artists, UMG told Billboard in a formal statement. The training of generative AI using our artist's music, uh, which represents both a breach of our agreements and a violation of copyright law, as well as the availability of infringing content created with generative AI on DSPs, begs the question as to which side of history all stakeholders in the music ecosystem want to be on, unquote. So what's next there? Viral examples like Savages and Heart on My Sleeve set a precedent for the future of using vocals created uh, by artificial intelligence. When a voice is recognisable, that touches on two different types of protection, the right of publicity, and if used to train generative AI, copyright of the original source material of the voice. Quote, it seems inevitable that the issue, uh, the, seems inevitable the issue will wind up in courts, Wrighty writes in response to UMG's public statement. But there's also another side to all of this. Late last year, James Old Jones, the original Star Wars voice actor Darth Vader, licensed his voice to an AI company. Earlier this week, musician Grimes invited people to use, uh, use AI versions of her voice, offering a 50% royalty split. With person- potential revenue streams on the horizon, it's a matter of time before the first rappers or hip-hop moguls start cashing in on the current trend of using AI-generated sound-alike vocals in music. Tracklimp's bet is that it's bound to happen soon. Similar to the early days of sampling with free-for-all unrestrained creativity with a lack of the right legislation and precedence for, its, for rights holders to keep control over the use of their copyright works, the same now goes for the use of artificial intelligence in music. But just like sampling lawsuits such as Biggs Marquis versus Gilbert O'Sullivan, it's a matter of time before the first industry-changing case on generative AI music. Quote, We don't have the answers to the many questions the song Savages or AI AI generally bring up, uh, Medeiros adds. We may have one answer at least. Do we have the right to try this new tech that has landed in our lap? Yes, we think so. (sighs) Okay. So, there's a a conflict here in my brain. Um, And it's kind of the same when it comes to sampling, right? Um, I've always been of the idea that if the person you are, you know, either sampling off of or, in this case, using their vocals, if they greenlight it, then fine. I, 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 that's all I need personally. You know, what I mean, if if I was a produ- if I was a producer and I asked this person, can I use your vocals for this AI generated thing, or can I use this uh, use your track um, in your production for this sample? If they say yes, I'm I'm that's that's it. That's all I need personally, right? Um, I don't care of you know about labels and what they want on that front. I don't really give a shit. Um, I leave it up to the artist's um, choice. But obviously that doesn't work in not every, you know, artist is accessible in that front. Um, you know, imagine if they imagine if someone just said that and they just get a deluge of emails. I want to use your voice. I want to use your voice. I want to use your voice. And you have to go, yes, 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 yes. Obviously that's not going to work, right? So that's a utopian way of thinking about it, but it's just not, it's just not, it's just not uh, possible, right? To, for, for, pe- for people to do. Um, and for artists to cater to, especially. So what happens next, right? Now I keep I keep thinking about that Bismarcky case, um, just you know a few times a year, 
and now again, obviously with this, with it, with it being mentioned in this case, because it's true. It's very similar to the wild, wild west of what hip hop sampling was before that Bismarcky case. Um, shout out to Ben from Hip Hop Numbers, obviously, um, co-hosted the ITD, um, Digging Digits. Um, he did a well, we did a whole episode on it actually um, on Digging Digits, uh, where we talked about statistics. Excuse me, that he found um, that he created. Um, of how dead um, sampling uh, has uh, become, right? Not dead, obviously, you know, not, not dead in the ground, but lesser. Um, it's it's been there's been a significant drop since that case, since that court case, since that Bismarcky case, um, and it kind of makes me sad in some ways because it you know restricts um, it restricts the possibilities for hip hop production and for production in any case, right? You know, obviously, there's hip hop ain't the only place that samples shit, um, but I get it. I get, I get why it was a thing and why it's become a thing. Um, but in some ways, it forces um, producers to get smarter and to evolve, right? Um, so in some ways, I like it. Some 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 ways, I don't, because I would love to see what people when they're just um, when when they can sample anything. What would they do? Um, it's just a nice um, thing to think about. But. When it comes to AI and this generated shit, I don't, I don't know if I feel the same about it. Um, it's kind of, it, it's very conflicting um, to compare it to that. Um, and I guess it's this, I guess it is very comparable when, you know, if you're sampling somebody's beat or you're sampling somebody's artistry uh, for something else, you know, I get it. They may not like it. They may not think it's, they might not think it's right to do so. They might not like you <laughs> in general. Like, um, why are you using my? Because and that's the thing, right? It's a, it's a sampling can be a cop out a lot of the time. Um, you know the, those bullshit tracks that have been charting recently, like obviously uh, Jack Hollis first class. It's just like it's it's it's, it's cheap. It's easy. It's too easy, right? Um, and H had one as well with the Shani, and that just pissed me the fuck off. Um, it's lazy. In a lot of the, in that in those cases, it's very lazy. Um, but. AI, like, like, like Madeira said, they have, they have it on their lap. Why wouldn't they give it a try? You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'm, I feel like there probably has to be some regulation in the same way sampling, um, because to allow it to just run roughshod is a bit, a bit silly. Um, and I guess in, and, 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 it's, I think it's different when it comes to like the likes of Biggie when it's a dead person. I feel like that's just a no-no um, in general. Jay-Z, Drake, Weekend. I mean, I don't know. They're not dead. So if they decide... And Ice Cube recently said um, if anyone does it, he's going to sue the shit out of them. So they can all just say that. <laughs> they can all just say, if you drop something with my name on it and my voice, I'm going to sue the shit out of you. I just just provide that threat because I feel like a lot of people won't do it if they provide that threat. Um, but obviously, you know, just having artists, um, you know, threaten people and uh, threaten to sue people left and right isn't really the most logical option. Um, but it's probably just leading to some form of policy on it. Um, and hopefully, it's good. Hopefully, it works on that front because um, yeah, this uh, it's a slippery slope. That's all it is. It's a very very slippery slope. And now to finish on probably the most aggravating article I'm going to read this year. Um, this is just going to this is going to make me so tired by the end of it. I just know it. I feel like I'm going to need a nap. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it because I feel like if you know the story, you know what I'm going to talk about. Um, but if you don't know, I feel like teeing it up without any context, I feel like is probably a good framework to have this um to have this uh, particular segment. Um, so this is called TikToker who enters stranger's home defends videos amid calls for his arrest. This is by Tara Colburn of The Independent. Let's jump right in. A TikTok uh, user who went viral uh, when he entered a stranger's house uninvited has defended his videos after they were described as abhorrent 
and criminal by politicians. Bakari Ogaro, known as Mizzy on social media, posted a video of himself entering the London home as a quote-unquote prank two weeks ago. It was met with shock and anger, with many online calling him for be, uh, calling for him to be arrested. The self-described content creator, who was previously uh, previously arrested over clips that appeared to show him harassing Jewish people, has said the negative reaction to his videos is partly down to him being black. In one home entry video, the 18-year-old appears with two friends, saying, "Walking into random houses, let's go." He is then seen going through a front door that has been left open and startling the woman on this patio. Once inside the home. Uh, he lounges on a sofa before finally being asked to leave by a man who appears to be in the living room as children are heard calling daddy. Excuse me. Labour shadow DCMS minister. I'm trying to remember what that means. Anyway, uh, Alex Davis Jones. Davies Jones has described Mizzy's content as abhorrent, saying he needed to be held responsible, as did the social media platforms. Met Police said they are investigating the videos. Missy confirmed he has previously been arrested after sharing a number of videos that seem to show him harassing Jewish people. In one, he appears to put his hands on the victim's shoulders and attempts to leapfrog over him. He claimed this was a TikTok trend, quote, where you leapfrog over someone when the beat drops, unquote. And he has done this, quote, to many different types of people, unquote. Missy told The Independent he cares less about what people, about whether he is receiving love or hate, as it is all about getting engagement and it's the fact that people are talking that's important. Oh, okay. All right. Let's just, I, I, need, I just need to trundle through this because if I stop, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to stop and we won't get to the rest of it. So let me just continue. In response uh, to the scathing words from MPs, he said, it's wild how I've got that mainstream. Replying to comments branding his behavior criminal, he added, I ain't got too much to say to them people, just that I know myself and so do my fans. Missy claimed he went to the family's house the day after he posted the video and apologised. He said that while he is not the kind of person to have regrets, he does feel sympathy and remorse in this case, adding, I wouldn't do that again. It could have been the best or worst decision of my life. He was more defensive when it came to other videos he has posted to his account, including one that shows him picking up an elderly woman's dog as, he sits on a, as she sits on a park bench before he runs off with it. And another where he appears to approach and ask random people at Stoke Newington Overground Station if they want to die. He suggested the elderly woman was in on the prank claiming I said to her that if the dog came up to us again, having already come up to us three times and I was going to take her dog and she laughed and said my grandson has seen you on TikTok. He has also filmed himself destroying books in the library and getting into the backs of strangers' cars. He says he had, he had staged the scene in the library and that the book he destroyed belonged to him. Missy from Hackney in London said he began to consider content creation more seriously as a career path in year 8 or 9 after having been kicked out of school three times. He started to realise that every time he upped the ante and did wilder videos he would garner more online engagement so that is what he continued to do. Quote, controversy even though it's not good is the best way to blow up on social media he said. I always know outrage is going to happen. I know exactly what I'm doing and the consequences of my actions, he added. I tell people not to reciprocate what I've done. Unquote. The 18-year-old said, because of he is minority ethnic, he believes people are trying to slander me, adding, I'm a black male doing these things and that's why there's such an uproar on the internet. Okay, just need to put a pin on all of this. <laughs> I really do. Fucking hell. He continued, I don't fake my pranks, but I always make sure to sort out the situation after if I feel like I went too overboard. But none of my pranks have malicious intentions behind them, and most of the people in the pranks acknowledge ice after I speak to them. Miss Davies Jones, who has also described Missy's content as upsetting, and said, Yeah, another example of how we desperately need the online safety bill to hold social media platforms to account. Okay, I'm not going to get into that because getting into an online safety bill is just a lot, so I'm just not going to broach that topic, hopefully. Um, hopefully, if I get to the end of this. Anyway, Conservative Assembly member Susan Hall urged the Met Police to step in, tweeting, no legitimate social media platform should be hosting this thugs file videos at Met Police UK. Can you pl can you urgently update the public as to what is being done to locate and apprehend this criminal? The Met issued a new statement on Monday evening, stressing it was taking the matter very seriously. The main individual who features uh, who features in the footage, an eight-year-old man, has been identified by officers, spokesman said, he is seen in the company of another to enter a private dressing hackney seemingly without permission of the homeowners. 
Attempts are currently being made by uh, officers from Central East Command Unit to com- locate the man so that he can be dealt with uh, for a suspected breach of community protection notice issued last May. That notice prohibits him from carrying out any acts which will or his which will or is intended to cause harassment, alarm, or distress. It is believed that the content of the video in question could amount to such a breach. The, pre- the breach was imposed in response to a number of historical videos posted on social media by the same individual. Detective Chief Superintendent James Conway of the Central East Command Unit added, quote, I would like to reassure the public that we are taking the matter very seriously and are conducting an investigation, including inquiries, to locate the man seen in the video. We have spoken with the homeowners and will continue to liaise with them in regards to action in this matter. We are aware of other videos posted by the same individual, which has also been circulating, but believe these to be historic matters which were addressed through previous police action, though we continue to pursue inquiries to check this. A TikTok spokesperson said, quote, our community guidelines are clear that we prohibit content promoting criminal activity in relation to this issue, issue with issue, very posh me, issue. Uh, we have banned accounts for violating these guidelines. Any independent approach to YouTube for comment? Right. Okay. Okay. So, in my mind, the obvious option here is to simply just ban his account and ban any attempt on, you know, his account just uh, passed out, right? Just easy, just boom, done, easy. Done that, jam, good, we're good, we're good there, right? So that's that's first. Secondly, um, the he's not wrong when he says that um, people are just getting in the tizzy because he's black, basically. He's doing the is because I am black thing, and in some ways he is right. It is because he is black. Um, I am sure if I attempted to look through TikTok and find a white person doing the exact same thing, um, it wouldn't... Uh, people have not talked about... I've I've not heard somebody talk about a white kid doing this, okay? Well, I'm sure it has been done. Thirdly... Um, the fact that he's talking about his quote-unquote fans and all of this as content um, just jars me um, as to... I mean, this this ain't this ain't new. Let's be real. He ain't the first person to do this kind of shit, and he ain't the last person to do this kind of shit. Whether he did apologise, whether he has, you know, reassured people after the filming of said pranks, whatever... Um, Cam is only hearsay and you know there's no point even trying to talk about that right we don't know if he did it or not so let's just take what we got there's no point trying to assume um, either way <laughs> but this is just this is the craziest just level of clout chasing this is a crazy level of clout chasing to me um, and it just worries me um, again he's not the first person to do pranks on online um, some people have gotten shot over it. Some people got their ass beat over it. Um, it is what it is, right? Just people think it's funny to do this, do this kind of shit. And hey, man, people still watch. So what's it? What's the issue there? People keep fucking watching, and people keep watching because it's horrific. So you know, whatever, right? The full thing and the biggest thing about this, and I, I want to just. Um, potentially stop here but I also want to mention that he did mention in a video recently that he might be on Piers Morgan now I'm recording this on Tuesday the 23rd of May Um, so if he is on Piers Morgan I think uh, either today or tomorrow or something sometime this week Um, be- best believe I might broach this topic next week because um, I can I'm not going to I probably won't watch it I might watch a few clips here and there if it ever passes um, but I honestly hope he doesn't go on Piers Morgan because that will just set a fucking horrible precedent for the for the debate that we can have about social media, um, about the youth of today, about all of that. We can have a healthy debate about this um, externally. But I feel like even via the tweets, I'm, I'm going to read a few tweets here. I'm just going to scroll through and if they take my fancy, I'm going to read them, right? Because... The amount of reactionary bullshit that people have come out with is actually astounding. Right. Um, let's jump. Let's jump. And the full, the last thing I wanted, last point I wanted to make um, was just that um, <laughs> he 
he he this is this is a broader the broader topic I wanted to approach um that if that you know will be missed is that um we we really need to invest in children again i'm sorry i'm not sorry we need to invest in children again because this is a i feel a direct um ill of just a lack of funding in youth services in all of that stuff in youth community eventing all of that kind of stuff right after school clubs any of that any of that shit having youths either in school at home or online okay is fucking dangerous okay and you know while most most youths this is obviously just one youth right and he's 18 so it's not even a youth anymore but you know one man right officially uh, legally um, you know what I mean, right? When I say use, one you ain't gonna poison the tree in terms of just um, you know, there's there's obviously just use to just play video games and eat their dinner and do their homework and fine, right? And then you know they go through life how they go through life, right? Not all of them turn out to be just fucking nut job pranksters um, that, in my mind, just do the craziest shit that I would never even do. I was literally talking. I when I saw this video, I was trying to think the initial video of the of him walking into people's houses. Uh, I was literally trying to think of like, what's the worst thing I've done? And this is the thing: I don't think he'll be doing. He would have been doing this if TikTok didn't exist, if YouTube didn't exist. I know he's not. not he's probably not on YouTube, but you know what I mean. If social media didn't reward this, because this is what it is he's being rewarded for for doing this. So that's. I, I don't feel like the conversation is. He's a shit house, even though he's he probably is a shit house. But also, let's talk about the fact that he's still on fucking TikTok. Why is TikTok not banned? This dude. Why is social media? Why are we so addicted to this shit that we encourage this shit? Maybe we comment saying this is horrible, but you're still fucking watching it. And that's all that matters. Your attention matters. That is it. Attention. That is the currency. Okay, you comment in saying, "Oh, this is bad. This is horrible. You should, you should, uh, you should apologize or whatever, or just like you should be in jail, like these reactionary fucks on Twitter are doing." Right? You're giving the fucker attention. So that, and that's the issue. You lot giving attention. That's the issue. Anyway, let me read a couple of tweets and then we'll finish off because this is this is stupid. This whole thing just pisses me off. We could easily have a have a conversation about, um, uh. We could have a conversation about youth culture and social media, but I just feel like we're just completely missing the point, and people are just going to shit on this shit on this dude because he's been a shit house. Um. Anyway, um, uh, this is Mizzy. This is from a. I'm, I'm relatively sure this is a bot account. Um, this is Mizzy, whose infamy no doubt precedes him. The number of vicious pranks he's played on people would have been uh, would have seen. A white boy in prison by now, but Mizzy gets to play the race card. White privilege, my. <sighs> just, just a, a ton of white people um, piping up here, which is very interesting. And I will say, the one positive that's come out of this is the fact that he just attracts all the racists. Like the racists are just coming out of the fucking woodwork, and it's actually outstanding. Um, it's it's great. Uh, here's one. Here's one comment on one of the, uh, on, I think a Shade Borough video. Um, they are blacks in the in the UK who have been raised in era where they believe that blacks can do no wrong. Outstanding, like blacks in caps, just outstanding. Um, uh, uh, oh gosh, we're, well, let's let's find some good ones. I mean, I'll, I'll do one more. I'll, I'll try and find more because. It's great. It's great. It's just um, it's it's interesting because he does bring out the racists, and that's that's the only positive I'm getting out of this. But everything else, it just sets dialogue back, and it's just really shit. Just, just setting back dialogue that we could easily have about social media, but we just can't. We just can't. It's impossible because you reactionary fuckers can't get fucking over your fucking heads. Oh, outstanding, right? Okay, one more I've just found here. Outstanding piece of Photoshop. 
uh, Mizzy with Auntie Shola being a being a being a cunt must run in a family. <laughs> He's literally. I don't. Who did that? Someone just photoshopped to do a, a, a picture of Mizzy with uh, uh, Shola. Um, oh, fuck, fucking, hell, I forgot. I forgot her whole name, which is funny because um, she uh, uh, she uh, <laughs> she she went on. Uh, I think it was um, the uh, what is it? Uh, I think it was like the Jeremy Vine thing on Channel Five, and this white host just could not say her name, and she was forcing her to try and say her whole name. Outstanding, um, Dr. Shola Moss Shog Bemimu. Um, so yeah, shout to her, but um, it's just they just pretty all the racist reactionaries are coming out, it's outstanding. But getting past that minor hilarity, hilarity, um, this is a very kind of just frustrating conversation overall. Um, he doesn't really do himself any favors, but then again, you lot keep giving this fucker attention, um, so. If you keep giving him attention, then he's gonna keep doing it. So what's the what's the what's the solution here? In the words of Justin Hunt, I don't have the answers to these questions. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we shall finish there. From the Fifth End Podcast Network, I've been Charlie Terry and it's been what's good. Mention music was too much by Vanilla. Thanks to your music for busy use track. Thanks to Nappy Hire for busy use a charismatic interlude. You can find all their links in the full show notes. And with that said, I hope you all have a good week. I'm definitely going to try to do the same. Until next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.